0: Hello there, friends. Welcome to 1,000 Words, Stories on the Way. My name is Matthew Clark, and I really appreciate you stopping by this week for episode 3 of season 3. Before we get started, I do want to let you know that I have a new song releasing this Friday called Gone Too Long. Um, So along with the text and the notes to this week's podcast, I'll also post a link uh, where you can pre-save that song over on my website at matthewclark.net slash podcast. And if you like, please follow me on Spotify, as I'll be releasing a new single every month this year. Uh, And I don't want you to miss all the fun of new music. So go find me on Spotify and click that follow button. Um, besides that, uh, this week, my friends and I that meet on Sunday nights, we started reading one of my favorite books, and it's called Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Now, before I read this book, I was sure that it was just going to be some, you know, stuffy old book by a stuffy old English guy that was totally just based on the title and the author photo, but I was completely wrong. It turns out... This is one of the main books that I go back to again and again when I get stuck, Um, stuck in a depression and I can't believe in joy. Um, And there are few books that I find as refreshing as this one. So this week I'm thinking about how easy it is to get stuck in a world that is no bigger than the globe of my own head. Uh, how I need a revelation. I need someone to open the windows and let in some fresh air. So here is this week's essay, Open the Windows, Let in Some Air. It's been quite gray and overcast the last few days. The clouds have brought the limits of the sky closer to the ground by making a sort of foggy barrier between us humans on the earth and the sun. Though the sun illuminates the clouds from the far side, it might be possible to mistake the dim solidity of the clouds for some final compressed ceiling. It might be possible to begin to think the circle of the world had truly constricted, as if sky itself were becoming scarce. The cloud cover has been solid. In other words, I could not see any edges. And if there was any movement to the clouds themselves, I couldn't detect it. But just since I've been sitting here under this morning of unchanging gray, a sudden burst of sunlight dropped straight through some fissure in the firmament and woke up the world with startling yellows and bursts of orange. The whole static monochrome came to life in vibrant color. The sky was rolled back for a moment like an old scroll to reveal another sky beyond the small cloud compression. A window onto worlds upon worlds beyond this world was flung wide open. For several years now, every Sunday night that I'm in town, A handful of friends and I meet to drink tea, visit, read, and pray together. This time each week has become such a strong strand in the fabric of my days and such a source of comfort and stability that I really miss it when I can't be there. God gives us many homes away from home in this world, or pleasant inns, that far from ceasing our pilgrimage become reminders. And places of rest that strengthen us for our continued journey. And so Lewis says The security we crave would teach us to rest our hearts in this world and provide an obstacle to our return to God. A few moments of happy love, a landscape, a symphony, a merry meeting with our friends, a bath or a football match, these have no such tendency. Our Father refreshes us on the journey with some pleasant ends but will not encourage us to mistake them for home. God gives us pleasures and pleasant ends along the way that work like sunlight breaking through the clouds to remind us there is still a glorious destination to which we are called. There is some sense in which the meal of bread and wine both meets our hunger and thirst, while at the same time deepening our appetite for God. It's not that the Lord, in order to draw us deeper, withdraws as we approach, but that the more we take in of Him, the more capacious we become. The further you go, the further there is to go. And so the pleasant ends, the homes away from home in this world, by providing places to stop, keep us going. But for me, I confess... There is another helpful thing that happens on those Sunday nights that is like the sun breaking through the clouds, and that is simply that my world gets bigger. The overcast is no longer allowed to set the limits of the sky. Last night, those friends and I read chapter 2 of G.K. Chesterton's classic orthodoxy, which Chesterton called a sort of slovenly autobiography, or a record of his elephantine adventures in pursuit of the obvious. More or less, Chesterton lines up for us the train cars of thought that he rode to arrive at faith in Christ. And it's a really fun ride, especially if you read it out loud with friends. What struck a personal note with me in last night's chapter was the idea that we all have a tendency to get stuck in small circles of thought that constrict our hopes, limit our imaginations, wither our joys, and drive us crazy by trapping us in these tiny cosmoses of believing only or primarily in ourselves. In those constricted circles of thought, we can spend our energy working out all the rationale of our small vantage point until, as Chesterton says, we have a theory that, quote, explains a large number of things, but that does not explain them in a large way. For instance, I may become fixated within the small circle of thought that says that when I walk into the dinner party, everybody is silently judging me for wearing a blue shirt. All the reasons to support my paranoia are present. I'm the only one wearing a blue shirt. Everyone is silent about it, and I'm in the room with them. The fact that no one mentions my blue shirt can mean one thing, and one thing only, they're all judging me for wearing it. The failure to allow any larger explanations is the definition in this case of madness. The circle explains everything but It's a very small circle. How much larger your life would be if yourself could become smaller in it, says Chesterton. How much happier you would be if you only knew that these people cared nothing about you and your blue shirt, I might add. The larger explanation is that no one has noticed my blue shirt in the least. As solid as my little conspiracy seems, The truth is that I have no fellow conspirators, just me, 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 and me. With such a small world, with such a small atmosphere, and me taking up all the air, it's bound to get awfully stuffy in there. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be running in circles in my own head without any good idea of how to break out of that tiny echo-chamber world of believing in myself. The hardest part about getting out is that I can't supply what I need because, quote, a man cannot think himself out of a mental evil, for it is actually the organ of thought that has become diseased. What hope is there, then? What hope of breaking out of that logically comprehensive, though tiny, round rut? Chesterton's answer was helpful because it was so counterintuitive to me. We don't need for our arguments to be defeated by better arguments, necessarily. Rather, we need someone to open a window and let in some fresh air. Chesterton says, If you or I were dealing with a mind that was growing morbid, we should be chiefly concerned not so much to give it arguments as to give it air, to convince it that there was something cleaner and cooler outside the suffocation of a single argument. This morning, as I sat beneath the low-lying clouds, in a world grown small and gray, I could feel the circle constricting. When a window in the cloud rack burst open, my little bedroom opened upon a wide universe of bright possibility. Sometimes, going for a walk is enough. Often I like to break a spray of cedar leaves in my palm, and the scent arrives, like a blessed apocalypse. A good book, story, a poem, a song, a meal, a show of affection, or laughter can open a window that lets in the air of a larger, more beautiful world for me. What about you? What breaks the spells that shrink your world? Of course, the Gospel is the good spell that flings every window and gate wide that the King of Glory may enter. The gospel is the good spell that pierces the fume that wreathes and chokes us, like Sam Gamgee in the belly of Mordor when he is smitten by the starlight. Sam knew better, but forgot. Just like we so easily forget that our world rests within a circumference so large we can only speak of it in terms so mysterious, vast, so capable and tender as God's hands. And now that Christ has come, we may think of those hands as wounded ones. Our small circles of thought are encompassed by those wounds held in those hands. Or as my friend Bubba likes to quote one of his favorite profs, Dr. Blakemore, we enter into a mystery that if we try to get our heads around, our heads will split, but that we may rest our head upon. When we ask, where exactly is the universe in relation to God? We may say, God made room for the universe within himself. I'll close with a little prayer in Scripture that the end of that chapter in Orthodoxy reminds me of, after Chesterton says that the circle returns upon itself and is bound, but the cross opens its arms to the four winds. It becomes a signpost for free travelers. Actually, this same Scripture came up in last week's episode. Uh, Maybe I should pay attention to that, probably so. At any rate, here is Paul's prayer from Ephesians 3. Let's pray. I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that according to the wealth of his glory, he will grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner person, that Christ will dwell in your hearts through faith. So that because you have been rooted and grounded in love, you will be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and thus to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, so that you will be filled up to all the fullness of God. Now to him who by the power that is working within us is able to do far beyond all that we ask or think to him be the glory in the church and in christ jesus to all generations forever and ever amen that prayer seems to me to be about opening the windows and replacing little circles with the cross the cross which refreshes us with a much bigger realm of possibility than we could have dreamed of the breadth length height and depth of god's love for us Okay, so be on the lookout for my new single releasing this Friday. Follow me on Spotify, subscribe to this podcast, leave reviews because they really help other folks find the podcast, and you can also just share it with your friends if you like it. And besides that, thanks so much for listening. I will see you next week.